there we are. You're on. We are talking about 2024. This is our first show of the new year. Welcome, everybody, back to where we left off. Well, we didn't leave off with Dr. Julissa, but we're starting the new year with a great show. Uh, We have Dr. Julissa, who is a board-certified natural path. Dr. Julissa, correct my pronunciation. I want to say natural path. I hope I'm saying it right. And today we are going to talk about how to prepare your body, or I should say since it takes two to tangle, two bodies to have a child. Uh, And before I even get into that, I just want to give a shout out to uh, local news Yonkers Voice that got video today of, of of all things, a two teens fired shots in front of the Yonkers police headquarters. (laughs) Go figure. But uh, Yonkers voice caught it. But anyway, that's just a transition to our topic du jour, and that is Dr. Julissa. So Dr. Julissa, uh, yeah, I mean, does that mean that people have to stop eating fried food or what? How do you, I mean, we all know how kids are made, but how do you prepare your body uh, to um, have children? <laughs> a wonderful question. Well, first, thank you for having me here, Charles, our Dean, and Peter. It's an honor. Uh, that's one of the phrases that I've actually placed in my book. It does take two to tango. Uh, being in practice now for 28 years, and as of today, still knocking on wood, uh, it's a blessing to have, you know, divine work through through us, right, to help couples, uh, 100% of the couples that have come to me have conceived. And it's truly a blessing. Nothing is perfect in life. So I'd rather say 99.99999% of the patients that come my way. Uh, And it could be that a man has been to his urologist and she has been to her gynecologist and both have been told by their respective doctors that there's no reason why they should not be able to conceive. There are cases like that. And um, the way that I take on this sort of work is by trying to find the root cause of what could be the actual challenge. Yes, there could be issues of either a low sperm count in a man or Uh, weak uterine walls or low egg production in a woman. But what about when there is nothing wrong? Mm. In those cases, there could be emotional blockages that are causing that to happen. In my book, The Naturopathic Approach to Fertility, I discuss various stories. And one example I can give you is a man who was emotionally blocking his wife because She would always curse at him and disrespect him, even though he loved her and knew she was the only woman he ever wanted to have a family with. And so getting deep to find out what could be uh, also, apart from a physical challenge, an emotional root cause, helping them to overcome that, and then seeing that apart from nourishing their bodies, they're able to conceive two months later when they've been trying for over a year. Those are the types of cases that I tend to work on. So I have a question. What is naturopathic medicine? I'm not familiar with that term. Of course. Uh, I'm a board certified naturopathic doctor and naturopathic medicine is helping the body to heal itself 
utilizing naturopathy. In other words, utilizing natural medicine, herbal medicines to help the body heal. Not only that, but also changes in diet, changes in lifestyle, everything that is encompassing holistic health overall. I never negate any kind of medicine. They all need to exist. Conventional medicine, though, in our eyes, is termed as tragic medicine. Mm-hmm. Divine forbid we leave our respective places, get into a car accident. Yes, take me to the hospital. Do what you have to to put me back together. However, it does not prevent disease or tend to cure. It is more known in that sense. And so to use both naturopathic medicine, which can prevent, can be feeding the body what it needs so that it can heal itself, along with using the respective conventional medicine when needed, I do feel that that balance needs to exist. Before they, they before the name <clears throat> naturopathic came into being, were there other terms for the kind of medicine you're practicing in previous generations that... That uh, don't sound that that isn't naturopathic. Chicken soup. No, no, I'm asking doctor. <laughs> uh, you can term it where it's pretty much been broken into different sections. Some people practice homeopathy. Some people practice herbology. Some people may practice acupuncture. However, in naturopathic medicine, it's encompassing a holistic lifestyle, looking at the body as a whole. And I actually discuss that in my book in the first chapter where I explain the difference between allopathic conventional medicine and naturopathic medicine, the differences between the two, how they can be used respectively and such. So you'll find in naturopathic medicine that there are people that specialize in specific areas. I I'm a holistic iridologist along with practicing naturopathy and have been practicing such for 28 years now. Are you connected to, to hospitals? I do work with my patients, doctors, if they wish to work along with me, yes, when they have seen that other modalities, whether it's prescription medication or surgeries, have not actually help the patient achieve their desired goal, I do work along with them, with their respective doctors. To help but do you them. have any affiliations with, official affiliations with hospitals? No, I am a private practice and I'm located about three blocks from the Empire State Building. That's where my main office is, along with offices in 31 other states. And, and how many medical schools of this type exist in the country? There are a number of them. I did study at the Trinity College of Natural Health, and they're located in Warsaw, Indiana. This is a lot like um, Chinese, or I should say Asian medicine, because Asian, the, the Asian medicine tends to, uh, tends to have a design where it is the totality of the person. So it's not just taking herbs and exercising it's also meditation and it's a totally encompassing way of life does does your practice parallel that or are there differences absolutely in the spiritual practice that i cultivate i practice taoism and so i do have to bring some of that spiritual entity and that spiritual practice into supporting my patients to achieve the epic health that they deserve. We have to look at the body 
as a whole from the spiritual, the mental, the physical, and uh, all of those aspects have to be in place and in balance. Charlie, I... I, I Sorry. How much of the practice is um, fertility and how much is, you know, other uh, disorders? So when I began in... 1995, uh, May 1st, I am a general practitioner in reality. And through the years, I've noticed that my patients have not only moved me towards the realm of sexual health, but that many and many of their challenges were very much rooted in their sexual health as well. Now, why would that be? Every single human came from sex. It is truly the core. It is the essence of our health, life, and well-being. And so apart from being a board-certified naturopathic doctor known as a general practitioner, I'm also a sexual health expert. And from the first time, I helped a couple many years ago, maybe that was in 1997, to conceive people have just been coming with all types of challenges from benign prostatic hyperplasia, uh, issues of prostate and testicular cancer to breast cancer to uterine fibroids to endometriosis and on, everything that encompasses that. And I work from the day that I help them to conceive that little baby all the way until the age of 120. So it's health overall, but now I have been having to focus more on sexual health. Well, what is sexual health? Sexual health is not just finding the right positions or achieving a delicious orgasm. It is truly bringing to balance challenges that a person may be suffering with regards to their reproductive system, as I stated a moment ago. Everything from PCOS, polycystic ovary syndrome, to a gentleman that has a cyst on the right testicle and we shrink it without invasive surgery. That's the type of work that I do with my patients. How do you shrink it? <clears throat> Utilizing specific therapies and discontinuing specific lifestyle habits that could have caused that. I do have to always go back to what could have been the emotional trigger that began that process in that person's body. If we're looking at abnormal cell accumulations. We know in naturopathic medicine, those things do not happen overnight. I have to go back in time with the patient, seven to 10 years to find out what emotional trauma could have turned on that challenge like a light switch. The example that I just gave you of a man with a cyst on the right testicle the right side of the body, as we know it in naturopathic medicine, is the masculine aspect, the left, the feminine aspect. We know that if there are challenges on the right side of the body, the hierarchy of how those challenges could have come about are issues and challenges with first, father, father figures, male figures in that person's life, financial matters, business relationships, educational matters, career matters, and work issues. That's all right-sided stuff. The left side of the body, feminine aspect. 
the hierarchy of why that person could have developed those sorts of challenges. Mother, issues with mother figures in that person's life, female figures in that person's life, emotional love and family relationships. The gentleman that came to me that very first time many years ago that had a cyst on the right testicle, his father used to fondle him, used to abuse him when he was the age of eight. And even when he broke his leg and was in the hospital with his leg propped up in a cast, dad came to visit him and fondled him there in the hospital. I have to ask these questions when I see the examination and I see what comes up in the report when I'm examining my patient and I ask, who is or who are the challenges that you are having issues with with regards to a male figure? Tears come about, the emotions begin and such, and then they share what has happened. It usually stems from an emotional root cause that turns it on, then the body starts to follow. So, so it almost sounds like you are doing, there's a layer of, of like uh, psychotherapy and emotional investigation and analysis that intertwines with the uh, physicality uh, in your approach. Yes. Hmm. How, how much of it is, I know it's hard to, to quantify to put a percentage on it, but how much of the healing is mind-based as opposed to uh, herbal medicine-based? I would say most of it because keep in mind that emotions affect the body physically. That also is a chapter that I dedicated that topic to in my book. If you take into account when a person gets frightened they may start sweating profusely or they may urinate on themselves. The emotion came first and the physical reaction came later. Now the fact that they then start to develop issues later on, if that wasn't nipped in the bud and taken care of then and they hold on to that with so much fervor and it's constantly in the subconscious and it acts as a root down to the physical where then the body shows that ultimate result. So if I could give them the actual cure to shrink that cyst, You've heard of challenges where people, oh, I got better, but then it came back. That is because the root challenge was never addressed. Mm-hmm. You, ha- you cannot just focus on the physical. I've been doing this too long. I've seen too much. And it's impossible to have the person truly achieve that epic result, that epic health that I know that they can achieve if I don't obtain some sort of diving into what that root cause was that turned it on right. in the first place. Right, right, to, to, to affect some kind of really profound underlying change in the person's life. Well, so yeah. it sounds like you treat the physical and you treat the emotional as well. Well, the, 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 there's certainly an argument for it. I mean, we have concrete scientific evidence, such as high blood pressure related to stress. We have examples of competitive athletes who actually 
compete better when they are fixated on the, on their goal of winning. And often you'll hear athletes saying, I didn't perform well because my heart wasn't in it, or I just kind of gave up. And then all of a sudden they rally and then bang, zoom, they're right back up to speed. So I think w- what we're, what we're trying to figure out is your, your, um, your approach to a patient. Obviously, there's an intake, you know, all of their vital statistics and stuff like that. But when you sit someone down in your office, let's say a couple comes in and they, they've been trying to conceive for three years, four years. What's your first course of action? Examine with both them. of them. Each one has to spend minimum two hours with me. So the examination is very profound. I use a specific camera device to be able to find deficiencies in the body, all of their organs and all of their body systems. And the patient is actually watching as I do that examination. So once all that and the results have come in, then we dissect and go through each and every every area that shows the imbalances and shows the weaknesses. Apart from finding what could be an emotional challenge that could be causing some of these issues. I then have to take into account what I mainly do is work with this couple for minimum 90 days. I try to make sure that they don't get pregnant in the first 90 days because I don't want there to be any risk of loss for them to be deflated because it didn't happen quick enough or for whatever it may be. So On the female side, I need to strengthen uterine walls. I need to be sure that she is producing viable eggs, that she's producing enough eggs to be able to conceive, that we make sure that the cervix is strong enough so that, again, there is no risk of loss. On the male side, we need to make sure that in 30 to 45 days, I double the sperm count in that patient. We need to make sure that there is increased sperm mobility, increased sperm motility, that the fishies go and know that they need to get down there and are strong enough to actually penetrate the egg. How many times have I not had patients that, let's say, are using some sort of recreational drugs? And the argument, oh, well, my grandfather used to smoke. Uh, like a chimney and he used to use that marijuana and uh, he never had a problem. Yes. Well, times are different. And so I've had the cases where I've had to, let's say, tell them that they must stop using X recreational drug and that they say they're going to sacrifice and make the sacrifice for this family that they want to obtain in the future with their loved one. Mm-hmm. And finally, when they've stopped a month and a half later, then she's able to conceive. Why would that be? Because we're able to correct some of those issues and weaken sperm and even malformed sperm. We have to make sure that the head is formed normally. We have to make sure that the tail is not crooked. It's so many things that go into play, but why is that happening in the first place? We have to find out what's bringing all those issues. I'm I'm confused. How, How do you increase a man's sperm count. I don't understand how you do that. By nourishing him and giving him what his body is missing to do so. What does that mean? Nourishing his body with specific natural therapies and eliminating specific lifestyle habits that cause him to have a low sperm count. 
There's, these are foods or things to drink, uh, supplements. I mean, I'm, I'm still not understanding. Of course, supplements and food and discontinuing specific lifestyle habits. That's a lot. And uh, so it sounds like uh, you really... uh, She was was explaining something. Go ahead, Dr. Julissa. That's okay. Supplements, herbal therapies, foods, teas. It's a specific program that I give them. Very easy for them to follow. It's just part of life. And the most natural thing in the world is to be intimate with someone you love and to conceive. Why conventional medicine makes it so technical and sometimes so dreary and sometimes so stressful where if a woman is having to inject herself on a daily basis and gain 20 pounds because she's trying to have a baby and the stress of having to inject herself when they're going through sorts of treatments and IVF uh, therapies and things of that sort. It's just all very stressful and that in itself can hinder the process. So, Dr. Julissa, it sounds like most of your patients have had some other type of failure prior to coming to you. They've got, they've been on, they've having trouble conceiving. Um, They've been through some other type of um, medical therapy that maybe isn't working. They come to you. Is that typically how, uh, how do clients find their way to Dr. Julissa? Typically, yes. Sadly, many times I am that second choice when they've gone through three failed IVFs or someone else has told them by word of mouth. I was the resident naturopathic doctor on the Michael Baisden show on 98.7 KISS FM for nine mm-hmm. years. And that was a world, a very national uh, exposure of the work that I do there and such. And so it's it's been a blessing that word of mouth helped a great deal, but then that kind of sent all the information out there. And it's it's a beautiful mm-hmm. thing to help these couples have these yeah. babies. <laughs> well, you're doing very important work. We're delighted that you could come on the uh, show today on 914 Wired and talk about a little bit about what you do. Um, Dr. Julissa is a board-certified physician of naturopathic medicine and i want to thank you for coming on the program today it was an honor thank you all charles thank you